welcome to another episode of Dark Hammer, a Darker Days Radio podcast all about the worlds of Warhammer RPGs. I am one of the regular hosts, Chris, and I am joined by guest host this week of Brendan from Realm of Fire. How you doing, Brendan? Doing great, man. Super cool to be here. I'm stoked, dude. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, I think the last time I was on was doing a end of year wrap up of stuff and <laughs> taking the piss out of whatever was coming out or what yeah. we didn't care about and the shit like that. <laughs> yeah, as always, we really love. That's how much we love things. We can take the mick out of it. I mean, that's how I survived years of working in the Games Workshop store. Anyway, <laughs> um, so this episode, I've literally got the title here of Drakari. Clive Barker elves because we're going to talk about Drakari because Brendan you went I want to talk about Drakari in Wrath and Glory and why you're mostly waiting for the faction book to make playable Drakari and <laughs> what that would mean for gameplay because there's, there's a lot of stuff you would basically be like huh how do I do this without traumatizing my players at the same time <laughs> well i mean yeah that's that's that would be the that that'd be a big concern i think i think it might be kind of uh tall order to just go to your normal gw friends and say hey let's play this as a role-playing game i think there it probably wouldn't be a lot of buy-in from that crowd but i think if you went to like your vampire the masquerade friends and you were like oh let's do this only it's like in space and it's uh bondage elves i think you might yeah you might get a few people i'm sure you get plenty of people who play cult that would find it enjoyable as well <laughs> sure sure yeah but before we get into that let's have a quick discussion of what's cool coming up for releases so um so wrath and glory got a whole list of releases coming up soon we've got threat assessment xenos which is basically the beastry book for wrath and glory because everyone's being like give us a beastry book and that's gonna have everything in there except for um i'm not gonna I, it's got all the main factions you expect they're in the gilead sector so you're not gonna mostly not gonna see tyranids because they're kind of like an extinction level threat like but it's going to be um, useful because pretty much every faction has a little bit of something in the Gilead. Because that's what always happens. There's always a place <laughs> in the 40k universe where everything yeah. happens at once. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also going to be an Eldari faction book with play more options for playable Eldari, which is great. That's really there's exciting. Yeah. There's going to be an Absolver's chapter faction book. So that's basically... Play more playable options to play as space marines, but through the lens of the local chapter called the Absolvers. Um, and then there's also the Games Master screen, I think it's gone to print, and the starter set is also coming up soon. Which, if you've seen starter sets from Cubicle 7, they're all pretty awesome. So, cool, that's all good stuff. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy, Up in Arms, that's basically all about military life and military stuff in the Warhammer world. So there's a bit about the Cult of Myrmidus, and there's also a little bit... I haven't read it actually yet, but I'm sure if you delve into that, it'll give a taster of what goes on in Talia, which is my... If I was to run a one-shot today, that's where I would set a game of Warhammer Fantasy roleplay. Because that would be it's dope. far from chaos. Yeah, that would be um, really dope. You could really, you could really drill down on some, 
some stuff that's not just like the same thing that we've done a billion times, right? Yeah. Uh, there's also a new scenario out right now called Beware, or I think it's coming out soon called Beware the Emperor's Wrath, which is essentially a steam tank has been stolen. And there's rules for a steam tank in Warhammer Fantasy. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> sure. And then, uh, I mean, that, that follows on from Up in Arms. Um, you Essentially, that's an excuse for a scenario that's very much like the bit in Assassin's Creed 2 something something, one of the sequels to Assassin's Creed 2, where essentially you're stealing um, Leonardo da Vinci's, like, weapons of war that have been built by the uh, Borgias. So, cool. Mm. And then Imperial Zoo is just a big beastry book written with a lot of in-character stuff about, this is a chimera and scenario ideas based around each of those beasties, which is cool. That's that's yeah. fun stuff. That's More a great name for that Warhammer. supplement. Um, now, Age of Sigmar, there's releases we've already spoken about last time, and as me and uh, Rob keep going on about, it's like we're still waiting for that Ulfenkarn book. It's there on the horizon, and apparently it's going to be huge. <laughs> so that's that'll be cool. Because um, I see the Ulfenkarn book and everything to do with it as a way of going, I want to play um, Vampire Hunter D as an RPG and play a good guy vampire with a bunch of Soulbound and, you know, mm, fuck up a bunch of undead um anyway so the other books are there's grund operations manual so that means the airship which features in the starter scenario and some of the other scenarios um right yeah i saw this an asset that you can use uh and there's stuff about it and then another another book is ruins of the past which is basically about storm vaults and the stuff that is kept in them which is gonna range from I don't know what ancient undead locked away from during the age of myth. Um, Kragnos, I don't know, not Kragnos, but like that kind of you know threats or uh, sentient spells. I don't know. There could be anything and everything in that. And also, I think that what's interesting about that is depending upon what Games Workshop allows Cubicle Seven to write, it might reveal a bit more information about like the ancient cultures of certain parts of the mortal realms that were there before the coming of chaos so that would be cool yeah that would definitely be cool what's your what's what's the one thing you want in well which book are you most excited for or what's you know you've liked so far recently that we should see coming up uh this uh eldari book for uh, Wrath and Glory, that's going to be dope. That's going to be dope because I, I, I like the idea of taking the game and just putting it in a different direction than just, you know, doing um, Imperium stuff. I'm always interested in the non-Imperium oh, yeah. game. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that they're getting to that sooner rather than later, for sure, for sure. I mean, you could put good money on it that, given it, it, it's a player-facing book, it will have options for all the stuff we've seen in like with the Corsairs in the recent um, Nachman. Yeah, good point. Uh, so uh, that would be awesome, actually. That's why there we go. That's what you want to run is a full player player team of Corsairs who come from various parts of Eldari society. Someone's a previous Aspect Warrior. Someone's a previous 
Drakari torturer. Someone else is a fucking Harlequin. And they're all just now pirates. Pretty much the A-team. Um, with um, someone chomping on a cigar. Are, are Harlequins allowed to quit? Are, are Harlequins allowed to f- pursue other paths? Because I know that the other craft worlds, the craft worlds, the Drakaris and stuff, that they, they, they come and they go. But, like, what's up with the Harlequins? Do we really know... Like or, do, or is it one of those things? Like when you become a Harlequin, you're 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 just always gonna be a Harlequin. There is in the text about Harlequins in the Nachman book. It does mention that some come from the path of the Harlequin. Oh, so, interesting. Hmm. But the fun thing about this book and it ties in with this episode, <laughs> and so pretty much everything we say today may well become <laughs> maybe completely either right or wrong. I have no idea. Um. And I'm saying that as a freelance for Cuba Seven, I have no idea, and I wouldn't say anyway, so I have no idea. Um, is <laughs> we will have rules for for Craftworld, Corsairs, Harlequins, and Drakari as playable factions. So we'll have archetypes for all of those. That's insane. Yeah, that's so that's, that's exciting. That's like that a whole new mental. game. That's just like a, that's that almost a like a spin-off game. game. Um, Does it lift the page count on that? No, I bet it's freaking huge. I bet, yeah. I bet it's freaking huge. Um, there's also some stuff about the various groups in the Gilead. So there's there's a shattered craft world that's near the the Gilead system called uh, called Ulkari. There's a uh, emerald princess Fenrienweir, uh, um, who is a uh, who is the princess of the i think they're called the green steel corsairs so yeah there's there's gonna be shit loads for that cool that's yeah um there's also a book coming out called pilgrims of the wastes which is an adventure that uses church of steel so it's basically vehicles doing fun stuff tools of the psyker and nemesis wretches of the writ which is what's that that's new i haven't seen that one before oh they're a coven of heretics, so it's a scenario. It's a scenario about rooting out some heretics. Yeah, as always. Anyway, um, GW releases uh, Nether Maze. That looks pretty cool. Uh, oh, so exciting! Yeah. Oh wow. I'm a big Clanation guy, and those those models. They did it again. They did it again with the I've with not the played Underworlds yet. So I'm excited just because it's four more. Um, uh, what are they called? Knight Shadowstalkers. Yeah, yeah. And they'll bring out specific rules for them for Warcry because they did with all the other warbands um, from Underworlds. But yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, we'll see. There's yeah. meant to be some yeah. new stuff in Underworlds. New rules, something, something. I don't you know, understand. I don't play. I don't play Underworlds. I could really care less about like the rules or the board or any of that stuff. I mean, if people like it. That's fine, but. I want those models. I will own those models. I'm pre-ordering yeah. that whole thing. Maybe I'll actually play Underworlds this time because I own like eight warbands. <laughs> yeah, right. Never played it. Just like the models. Same. I've got like a few warbands just for Warcry. Um, then we've got Necromunda Ash Waste, which uh, looks freaking nuts. And you know, when the box was revealed, I was like, okay, I can see where you're going. The terrain's pretty cool. The buggies are pretty cool, but they're fucking um, 
what are they orlocks so i don't really care mm. the mutant fleas that's interesting um <laughs> i get total gorkamorka vibes of the uh, muty gang from them but then we got the what's it called the la, 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 land train thingy mabob truck mm-hmm. huge thing and i freaking love it mm-hmm. yeah it's exciting what we're seeing from what we're seeing kind of points us in the direction of a really different rule set than what we're used to right i'm i'm hoping that this is kind of a uh, 28 millimeter gaslands sort of thing where we're gonna have to be worried about like speed and turning and stuff like that i'm hoping we'll see there's a whole rule book that's gonna come with it very exciting very exciting from necromunda yeah, because, I mean, the fact that the change from classic Necromunda to current, which I prefer with the turn system, I think the yeah. turn system as it stands will benefit uh, vehicle combat because of the way you can better... I think you can better replicate chases, like tailing someone. Whereas like when yeah. it was like, I go, you go, and you move all your stuff, and then I move all my stuff, nah, it didn't really work. I mean, it, Gorkamorka was fun, but I think Gorkamorka retrofitted off a new rule set using this will be awesome. And there's no reason they can't do orcs, because there are orcs on Necromunda, so... This is true. This is true. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> just yeah. Saying. No, I think there's endless possibilities, and the fact that Games Workshop has been willing to embrace some of those endless possibilities within the context of uh, Necromunda is very exciting. Very exciting. And, of course. You know, I, I'm going to... I like to say a lot of get... mean things about about GW, yeah. but I'm very still very excited. I'm gonna have to get the um, Gene Steel Cult vehicles just to use for it. So the bikers and the Ridge mm-hmm. Runner, yeah, because that'll look cool. And then Horus Heresy. Uh, I mean, clearly they're gonna do some new bots game with uh, updated rules because they've done brand new plastic beakies, like classic beakies. Yeah. Which... I mean, I mean, it depends on how you view it. It's either really cool or it's not that exciting. I mean, the cool thing is it means that we might have more plastic marine kits in future, which are rescaled, which fit between a Necromunda figure and a Primaris marine. So we actually get true scale rather than I'm sick of marines being like they being the same size as they were in second ed 40k now because <laughs> it just looks ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. This the issues of proportionality and stuff. Um, I think from an industry perspective, the direction that they're going with Horus Heresy looks kind of like it's very predictable. It's like oh, everything's gonna be plastic and everything's gonna be more baroque and. Uh, kind of extra, but will the current Horus Heresy community embrace that when really that game has a very kind of brutalist look to it? Um, and then if they don't, like how much is Games Workshop betting on Horus Heresy 2 essentially drawing in a new community? And are they mm. just cannibalizing the 40k community? I don't know. It's very weird. I yeah. uh, by, by by making a game that doesn't necessarily appeal to the people who have made Horus Heresy what it is over the past 10 years, I think that they are going in a very... I, I, I don't know. It's an interesting direction. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I still have my Horus Heresy stuff, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
Cool. Okay. Well, that's that's all the release stuff. That's what what's going on with that. So quickly before we get into the main segment, hobby wise, what's been going on, uh, Brendan? What have you been up to, hobby wise, gaming wise? Well, uh, I'm one of these guys. I just uh, I got the Middle Earth hobby bingo at the beginning of the year, and I was like, I took it real seriously. I took on the Middle Earth hobby bingo real seriously. So uh, the other week, I got I ordered an Azog. Uh, off of the Games Workshop web store, and there's a square on Middle Earth Hobby Bingo that's like, assemble and paint a model within 48 hours of receiving it. And so by having Games Workshop send it to you, you're adding an extra layer of spice because you just never know when they're going to send it. Will they send it tomorrow? Will they send it in three months? I don't know when Azog is going to arrive. He came pretty quick, and uh, so I, I just this last weekend assembled and painted Azog uh, for my um, Azog's Hunters Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game Force, uh, he's he's not he he doesn't look the best. I mean, I can you know I, I will go back and probably touch him up a little bit later, but but that's what I've been up to, and I'm you know I, I'm happy that puts my Azog's Hunters up to 750 just by dropping him in, and uh, I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked. I I love Middle Earth. What can I say? How about you? What are you up to? Cool. Uh, I am. Well, today I think has meant that I've broken the back on any freelance writing I've been doing, <laughs> and having, you know, started a job in the new job like just before Christmas, so not really been in the feel like I've had time for doing any hobby. But mm. I am going to dedicate some time tomorrow to putting together all of the terrain out of um, Kill Team Nutmund mm. because. I've got a whole bunch of other terrain from Imperium magazine, which is, you know, the crates and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So I can finally, I think it will end up meaning that I've like increased my Necromunda terrain collection by like a third. Cause I've now got like, you know, big crates, scatter terrain, huge vats. I've now got like four of those sodding vats that come in, you know, the, the refinery vats. So I love those vats. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a big just... fan of those vats. What can I say? I just want all of that together and then finally play a game of Necromunda soon, which involves a lot of dense terrain and big space filling, like bo boxy stuff so that it feels really mm -hmm. claustrophobic. Um, so that's the plan. And then <laughs> that's always that, the plan, maybe, right? That's the plan. And then after that, I will put together now i've got a few little bits that i need to finish off painting like there's the base of my amble that needs to be painted up there's a few little bits bits of scatter from red harvest to finish but that's just because they're duplicates of what i've already had from other war cry terrain and then finally paint those um corsairs because i need to work out quite what the paint scheme is for the corsairs hell yeah dude those corsairs that's like that's one of the best things. That's really on some of the best thing that came out of the Eldari Codex. Like, say what you will about the train wreck that is currently occurring around the Eldari Codex, but those Corsairs are mint. I'm so stoked that they are out. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I mean, looking at the kill team rules, I'm I can see why it's going to be fun to play that. And again, it's kind of like this thing of where the smaller games are a bit more exciting than playing full blown. 40k like again i've not played new 40k yet due to you know covid and lockdown and so forth so we'll see we'll see you 40K haven't played a game of ninth yet 
No. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I feel like you missed it. I feel like you missed it. Like, just wait till 10th. It's a fucking nightmare <laughs> right now. Like it's a it's a it's a nightmare. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you just play with your chums and like it's everybody's exactly. cool, like it might be okay. But like, holy crap! Did they did they seventh e, uh, ninth e? Like, I I have no idea what ninety percent of armies do because the internal functionality of each codex is so intricate. It's yeah nuts, yeah. Man. That's 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 my the the thing which is really hard looking at it. it's going like oh there's this and there's all these command points and uh, it's just like oh god like it's dude it's, i kind of keep it in my head for age of sigma just about but sure age of sigma is better age of sigma they kept they, they they really kept a handle on that and at least at this point in the development cycle it hasn't gone completely nuts but like i don't know how thousand suns generate warp points or whatever or what they can use them on much less like what tyranid bug impulses yeah. there are or mechanicus construct abilities i don't even i don't even know what this stuff is you know exactly it's it's you need to know almost yeah it's that thing of you need to know almost every codex in order to play the game which is it's it, this was actually a a topic that came up because I have the vampire, the masquerade, non-collectible card game, which is based off um, Eternal Struggle, and I try to get my rivals. Is that the new one? She, yeah, rivals. And the thing is, the reason why she didn't like that is because that game is because in order to play it, you need to know the core mechanics of the game. But then every card is its own unique thing, adding something else. So to play the game, you need to know what's in your hand and need to know what's in your opponent's, mm -hmm. what your opponent's played. So there's all these lots of little rules interacting and superseding the core mechanics, which is a lot to keep in your head. Whereas if you're playing a game where it's all pretty much, uh, not I don't want to say homogenous, but everything builds off itself in a in a in a neat manner, then you know what you're doing, which is yeah, which is where we get into game design theory and why, For real. you know, cer certain games, if two spells look the same, even though they're from two different factions, then those spells should have the same name and they use the same rules and have the same text <laughs> verbatim because then everyone knows what it's doing. Right. Um, but that's that's about game design and trying to be efficient. But that's me because I'm a programmer. It's like, why would I write a function that does exactly the same as that function and yet write it slightly differently why when i could just literally reuse it verbatim um right yeah efficiency anyway, i mean i mean enough yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah. i'll go on you've got one last no, I, you have my, the last my, my, point on that when, when it just comes to just people who want to play warhammer as like a relaxing pastime with their friends you go out and you play against tyranids and you're like oh some weird ability that got me like, but now I know about it. Maybe the next time I play, I'll be able to get around that. But what if you don't play that dude for a month or three months? Or maybe this is the only time you get to play a game against them this year. Like, the way that the game only rewards the hardest of the hardcore is mm. it makes it makes it, it's it's frustrating. It's a frustrating artifice to interact with. Anyway, so on to Drakari. Yeah. 
Okay, so, um, if you go back to a previous episode, uh, we did the whole, you know, who are the Eldari, what are they, why they're a bunch of, basically, elves in space, there's various versions of elves in space, there's Craftworld, there's Harlequins, there's Exodites, there's Corsairs, and then there is Drakari, aka Dark Eldar, aka, um, Clive Barker's elves who enjoy torture and sadomasochism. So um, let's let's. Um, it was your pick of a topic to get into. Why? What would be fun for you to, I guess, explore in Wrath and Glory? I guess, mm-hmm. and in yeah. KRPGs in general, because you know, there's there is a book on them as at least there is playable material for Trakari in classic games as well. Yeah. So um, shall we? Do you want to? Do you want to give a quick, very quick um, <laughs> overview sure. again of just who are they, where they come from, what they do? Okay, well, so the Drakari are the remnants of the sort of core of the kind of like debased Eldari culture that precipitated the fall and gave birth to the god Slanesh, the Chaos God. Um, they live in an extra-dimensional space that... Uh, is is this dark city full of like intrigue and vice and violence and murder and um if you're the kind of person who has is is like of a, of a kind of gothic persuasion or or even a sort of industrial persuasion if you if you like gothic horror and body horror and vampires and shit like this then um really like the 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 Drakari game as a as a um, as a style of play, I think would be very interesting for you and for your group, because it really calls on a lot of uh, uh, these themes that you've you, you've seen maybe in other games. But then you get to shellac it with a Warhammer aesthetic, and you're like, oh, cool! It's like sort of like Byzantine um, political interactions, and kind of like uh, a, a society where life is very cheap. And where betrayal and violence are very rife, but also a society that is kind of um, pre-obsessed with aesthetics, like like they're very into this idea of like what is beauty and what is art, and like it's 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 a it's society a society of excess that has that consumes so much that they've become completely debauched, and if. The idea of merging vampire, not vampire, Warhammer with a, a sort of horror concept um, and, a, and sort of a crime concept appeals to you, then I think Drakari is just a really, really great uh, campaign style to, to explore. Yeah, there's, there's a lot that you can do with that. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole... Heck, the whole... You're basically playing a... A race, you know, you're playing a character from a uh, a race which is constantly dying. Like they they are undergoing a soul death every day, every hour, and they're doing anything and everything in their power to to um to stave that off by you know causing other people pain and drinking from that. It's it's some heady, heady roleplay topics to cover because you're you're playing characters which will be engaging in torture, engaging in mutilation for fun, engaging in excessive drugs and 
all manner of horrific things. But I think and this is where we can make comparisons of role play games. I think while that is the the um while that is the the baseline, that means you can actually still you could actually play a game of where you ever all the players are Drakari quite happily without it becoming torture porn, if that makes sense, because right. you don't have to you don't if, if that's the norm and everyone goes, we know when they're not engaged in plot in in what is interesting the drama of the game, then sure, Bob the Dark Elder is off in the arenas gambling, watching people rend apart Imperial psychics who've been captured for fun, and then is the next day is off in some drug den engaging in some strange, you know, obscene fun. And then the next day is doing a raid, you know, is participating with the cabal that he's part of on a raid, which is going to replenish the stocks of his favourite arena and so forth. Like, we get that, we know that's Mm -hmm. there, which means you don't have to focus upon that and you can focus upon the things that are interesting. It's much in the same way that the roleplay game Unhallowed Metropolis, which is a zombie horror game, the zombies are the are the canvas upon which the interesting things occur, which is, you know, the the political intrigue or the, the very weird, strange things that happen while a zombie apocalypse is happening. So yeah, I think that's how I would approach a Drakari game is establish the baseline very early with your players and then go, but we're not going to have to go every session. You go off and murder, you know, Right. X, y, Z and do stuff. It, it shouldn't uh, a Drakari game shouldn't be like a big bunch of kind of like edge lordy descriptions of of torture and violence. It, I, I think that when that campaign really starts to coalesce, it's a very like paranoid environment. It's an yeah. environment that has a lot of pressure. The characters should feel constant pressure always. Because they just never know, like, who's coming for them or why. Or, like, or the, the way that the, the lord that you serve, right, could just make some kind of whim, on a whim, make a decision that just costs you your life. And you're just, and you're just yeah. completely fucked. Um, and, that, and that idea that, you're, that your society is constantly just living on this bleeding edge of, uh, of intensity... That should be, on some level, I think, the general thrust of the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I guess because obviously the Drakari society is very much essentially is a, is is a meritocracy of pain. <laughs> it's who can be the bigger bastard, and that's and that's how you get to the top. But as with all things, if you gain power, you have to you have to demonstrate that power in order to maintain it from those who who would easily go. Oh, if you're not showing what how much of a badass you are, then we'll swoop in and take your position because clearly you're weak by not by not displaying your your prowess and your, right. your influence. Right, so right. In it's, that respect, it... it's very much it is a vampire game in the sense of it's the politics of power. Yeah, <clears throat> it's the it, the the Drakari society is a place that no one would would want to live. Like like everybody 
who would say, "Oh, I'd do so well there because I'd be so ruthless. I'd be such a such a hard man or whatever." It's like, uh, it's 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 a it's an intensely vertical society, and mm. because it's so vertical, like you could just like drops go far. You know, if you're if you're working your way up the ladder, and then one day you're just like uh, a Mortal Kombat finishing move where you're just splattering on the ground. Um, and yeah, I think that the, the way that sometimes these characters like assuage themselves is that they do believe that they're in some kind of meritocracy, that they somehow deserve to be who they are. But like that in and of itself is like horrifying, you know, the, 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 the kind of mental gymnastics that these characters do to, uh, um, justify their own existence in a certain way you know yeah uh and i mean within that then i think we we essentially create the first we we we've we've sketched out what the the what an easy base uh, easy campaign to run would be is you and the and your other players are a essentially a cabal i say cabal not with the big k cabal a little right. c cabal of of friends <laughs> friends meaning people you trust well enough to who want the same things as you but aren't aren't about to stab you in the back so soon until mm-hmm. you've got everything you want and see each right. other as rivals which is basically a vampire chronicle and... right and you're probably out there gathering leverage on your friends yeah and your friends are probably have you leveraged too and so it's like this uh mutually assured destruction of the group should conceivably hold it together right exactly and i can see then that the type of stories you're going to have is that really love-hate relationship they that such a band a war band would have with their higher-ups because their higher-ups are the ones that are going to bestow them status influence better war gear and so forth in return for doing certain acts at the same time, they want to put a knife into their their bosses at the first moment they get, so they can assert power. And at the same time, a canny archon or or whoever is up top or a, a succubus is going to recognise who out of their underlings have the most potential and have to manage that by going, they're great. I want to keep them, and they're going to send them off to kill my enemies. But also, I might want to send them off on a mission. Because I hope they might die on that mission as well. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 the way that that um, like for instance on on I I personally think there's a lot of parallels between um the Drakari and say like contemporary American consumer based culture. We don't have to get into that, <laughs> but but uh you in the last twenty years you've seen these uh these reality shows that yeah. <clears throat> talk about like. Oh, these characters are going to go through a bunch of challenges, and the strongest will emerge. And what happened almost immediately when these shows started coming out is that the strongest doesn't emerge. Usually, exactly, right? Usually, uh, a group of people will coalesce, recognizing the danger that the strongest person uh, represents, and then they will systematically find a way to subvert the strongest person. So... 
there's there's these downward pressures. It is a meritocracy in a certain way, like you were saying, but there's actual downward pressure on being too good at anything because then you're a oh, threat. Yeah. And then if you add into that, if it's if it's not if it's a reality show which also has um some you know like you know master chef kind of shit or or whatever you've got some judges involved right mm -hmm. if it's not if and, and if it's not the great british bake-off where everyone's friends it's all great it's all, <laughs> it's all fine yes. but if it's something more shit like um like there's a show we watch over in the uk which is like um so what's it's called interior design masters okay right and it's people that want to be interior <laughs> yes. designers but you notice in that in that you'll you'll immediately know one person is a fucking shit house and yet <laughs> they stay pretty much towards the last few episodes right because not because they're good not because they're necessarily bad but because they're the most entertaining and you mm -hmm. can see in the same way like an archon or some succubus or someone that's in charge of a gladiatorial arena in the Trakari hellhole of Kamara mm -hmm. is going to mm -hmm. go they're not really great they're a cocksucker and they're not really good either but i'm going to keep them because they're the most entertaining mm -hmm. and ultimately entertainment pain and pleasure entertainment is what drives Drakari's uh society by by feeding their soul debt to slanesh so it's the, <laughs> the sort of objectification of the individual which like what is a person's use to me and then yeah what is the most cynical way that that usefulness can be interpreted? And you have an entire campaign setting that's based on that. And every time you interact with an NPC, you're going to be making these exchanges, these power exchanges based on like, well, what is it that they want? And what is it that you need? And how does it look? All this stuff. So it has the potential to be incredibly complex, incredibly and I think story-wise, you can do quite a lot of interesting things because um, you can... I think, and this is, as we said with Wrath and Glory, you, the, the structure of it is that you're not always playing Super Friends at all. So you could you could look at a, uh, a single plot thread going on, like the, the politicking behind, say, I don't know, the fall of an Archon, let's pick, right? You could look at different warbands, and the players play those different warbands who come from different cults. So one week, your players are like, you're a bunch of Kabbalite warriors who have are going off on a raid. But they don't really understand how that raid interacts with the main plot of the fall of this Archon. And, you know, shit happens on the raid, which is related to that Archon leaving, losing, fa uh, losing face and so forth. And then the next week, it's like, well, we'll move the action back to Kamara and back to the gladiatorial rings. And now you're the, you're, you're um, some, you know, the, the witches who are fighting. And yet what's, and something really bad happens in the arena. There's some politicking going on and, and it becomes a bit slay industry where a, a particular enemy is thrown into the arena to be hunted down. And you don't realize you, the reason you're hunting him down, hunting them down is part of this grander plot. Yet if you don't yeah. hunt them down, obviously you're going to get murdered by something else. And then yeah. likewise, you can move the action to a homunculus cult doing something. And then you can finish up with a grand mishmash. Yeah. And, and it likewise, has a kind of yeah, game of Thrones sort of feel to it, right? Yeah. Where you can have, 
characters that are actually displaced by geography and by and by caste and by kind of fixation yet what they are doing is all interconnected because the way of the way that the society itself is so interconnected based on these exchanges yeah and then the other way you would run a campaign i think quite happily is you could you could enjoy a mix of if you want to keep with the same group of characters, I think you could go for that kind of A team kind of feel where you've got like you've got the Cabalite warrior, you've got the homunculus who's, who's yeah, 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 yeah. smoking on someone's finger. Uh you know, you've got you, the you, have, an, you have an incubi. Yeah, PA Brackers is an incubi, you know. <laughs> and you have that and and I'm sure the new book will allow all of that nonsense. And you know, you do one one scenario is they get sent off and they're on a mission, Suicide Squad kind of style on on some world. And then the next time they're back in in Kamara and it's more kind of gang warfare. Uh, they're dealing or dealing with some politics and actually you may have very little combat and it's actually really just courtly intrigue, um, which is perfectly fine in this setting. Is is with these guys it is courtly intrigue. I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Possibly, the only the only death that has to occur is someone stabs someone important in the back at the right moment. Yeah, um, I read one of those books. Uh, they had this. They had this uh, path of the Dark Eldar series of books. Oh yeah. And the first, they, they, I don't know if you can get them now. They might be available on Black Library and like download only. Um, but they never did an audiobook version. And the. Uh, Physical ones are obscene. I wouldn't recommend trying to find the physical ones. Um, but uh, I'm really ruining the day I sold mine. But book one of three was just awesome. It was super awesome as it followed a group of characters that were kind of like of different statuses and different kind of like um, they all wanted different things in the city and kind of like what was going on with them. And uh, the flavor in that book of like what uh, Drakari society is really like it just it just really spoke to me. It was just it was such a cool book. Book one, and then I started book two, which was by a different author, and it was immediately crap, and I put it away. Um, I was just looking at at that, like uh, Path of the Dark Eldar, uh, Omnibus Edition collected together, Path of the Dark Eldar trilogy. It says by Andy Chambers, but I guess only the first one's by Andy Chambers. Is he? Did he do the second one? I feel bad now. I loved the first one. Uh, it seems the series all by Andy Chambers, actually. Oh, I feel like such a dick. Maybe I should go back and retry it. But they have it. They have it on Black Library. Uh, I don't know. I was looking up just generally online, so mm. <laughs> I should really pick it up and delve into that one. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's a lot of different things that can be played, or different styles of campaigns. That's for sure. Um, oh yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's dive into a few other bits then like i think we've talked about really the type of campaigns and how you potentially structure it and and really the type of society you're dealing with um and you can i guess you could easily play because i see running you could you could run it like you could run wrath and glory as a pure kind of necromunda game where you're just a gang and you could easily just yeah tons of tons of mileage with that 
Yeah. Or but you're just in Kamara having fun until the next raid. Right, right. And there's and there's the there's a kind of a cool twist where there's these guys on these flying skateboard things and uh jet oh, yeah, bikes the Hellions, that, yeah. that swoop around up in the up in these kind of cathedral like skies. And then they interact with the scourges who fly around themselves. And so you could do a you could do a whole gang, a gang game just based on like you were saying, very Necromunda feel, but with a very kind of almost gothic horror kind of skin on it. You know what I'm saying? It would feel yeah. very different, but it would have the same material in it fundamentally, right? Yeah. And I think the the important thing with all of this then to, is that if you're going to engage in that kind of, no matter what campaign you engage in, oh, my cat's gone mental downstairs and having an argument <laughs> with each other. Um, um, but if you um, engage in these in these sorts, one, the definite thing is like work out you know, it's the classic, you know, lines and veils, work out what things happen on screen, what happens off screen, you know, you can easily have a game that has dark content without having to, like, literally paint it in blood. You can be like, you can just allude to what's going on, etc, etc, and just get on with the main interesting thing, which is the politics and the the conflict. That's the interesting thing. The you know, we can all go watch a the Saw series and be bored to death by the seventh fucking film or and then oh and boy. then watch Spiral and be like, oh it's more saw. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's more saw. Um so where what what particular factions or or type of things would you like focus on for if you were running some Drakari uh, games like would you go for the Cabals are you looking at Humunculi Covens are you looking at Witch Cults well okay uh, so you go with it? I, I have a real soft spot for the Humunculi Covens because to me, I mean I just love I love Cronenberg I love Barker I love body horror I love flesh crafting stuff uh, to me I mean oh man I just I love I love that army I love that concept, but I think if I was going to run a game, I would probably still stick to just the cabals in the sense that it would be um, the, the thing that the players, I think, would understand the most easily right away, which is just like, okay, you live in a big arcology, essentially, that's full of sort of debauched people, and you all wear black leather, and you guys don't really get along very well. But you, you kind of need to uh, get certain things and sort of stay like one step ahead, right? But I think what would be very fun to interact with here is this idea that in order to stave off having their souls consumed by She Who Thirsts, uh, Drakari set up these kind of soul shunts where when they die, their soul doesn't go into the void. It gets shunted into a cloned body that a homunculus coven has made for them and is like somewhere in the bowels of the city, there's a vat with your body in it. And if you ever die, then you just appear. You just wake up inside your cloned body. Now, this is like obscenely expensive and not everybody can afford it. So on some level, there's this aspect of like, getting into debt with the homunculi covens to keep yourself alive. And I would love to do a push pull campaign where the player characters keep getting more and more 
like in <laughs> to the homunculi. So a game of par- a game of paranoia, because in paranoia, you know, you've got your clones. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, yeah, like that, like yeah. like. You wake up and then you're like getting you're you're like drying yourself off and the homunculus dude's like well here's what I need you to do, you know. But that's brilliant because that's I mean this gets into the whole um you know the way that I feel personally a lot of people who who are very much into playing D and D and such and play it in a very uh, it is a game purely a game it is a game that I must win and I must maximize my character's abilities and and so forth and get all the XP possible and level up, right? Death is anathema in that Mm -hmm. kind of approach to playing that game because you're looking for the zero-sum result. Either either the option you pick leads to you coming out on top and gaining something, or you always pick the option where nothing changes and the status quo is the same, or... You don't you don't do anything. Why why engage if it leads to bad things happening? Which is like pretty much the opposite of like going with the narrative of a game. So if you've got the 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 you've got the contrivance of your little cabal of warriors for whatever fucking reason have been selected as this suicide squad of a homunculus to do stuff or for someone else who the homunculus works for. And it means when you die, you get, you know, shunted into your clone bodies. That means in the in the scenarios when you're sent off on your mission impossible, you know, death is death is not a limitation. You are you can go balls to the wall, and you just go all out and go like, oh, it's yeah, sure, it's a bloodthirster. Game on. <laughs> I I like the idea of um your characters like having secret clone hordes and like the npc characters having secret clone stashes like that could be like a whole like a whole adventure would be like okay we need to take out this archon guy but when the bomb goes off on his pleasure barge and takes him out we have to have neutralized the clones first so that's very um altered carbon yeah yeah exactly like you gotta you gotta eliminate the stack you know yeah and uh, so, so there, it has this kind of cyberpunk vibe to it. You're right that uh, that you see in some in some times in Necromunda, but also I think with a strictly Drakari game. The, I mean, the puzzles that your characters could just get enmeshed in, with a very simple premise, a very very simple premise, could last you for sessions. That's like it's setting up a heist. It's essentially it's heist mm-hmm. games. It's Blades in the Dark. It's like you know, really, you're not about a game like that. Is not about being Drakari and you know going off on a murder spree and killing yet another platoon of Imperial Guardsmen. It's about working out who do you need to grease the gears with, and it may mm-hmm. be with grease made from you know liquefied human fat, um, to <laughs> to get access to this thingamabob which if right. you get it you're going to sell to this person which is you know you're you're going to each time you're going to be trying to trade up which yeah. gives you access to to the access codes whatever to the secret stash of clone bodies of this goddamn archon who then <laughs> yeah, you're going to yeah. take out and along along the process you may well go actually we're going to break this space marine out of <laughs> out of the arena because he's got he's got 
you know, an axe to grind with someone. I, I actually might, I love that That might that be a twist. really nice way. That might be a really nice way where one of the players go, I'll play the Space Marine for this session. <laughs> <laughs> and the Space Marine, it gives you, and it gives you that situation of why would a Space Marine work with a Drakari? Because he wants to murderize someone and for once he's like, you know, these, these bunch of murder elves, for once, they're my friends for the few hours yeah. until I get get back to real space. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I, I read a bunch of those. Oh, I didn't read them. I listened to them on audio book or whatever. But uh, the Fabius Bio books actually have quite a bit of material in them about Kamora uh, because uh, Fabius Bio spends some time there and some other NPCs spend some time there. Of course he does. <laughs> of course, right? Why wouldn't he, right? And um, and this idea that like there's nothing that Drakari does that doesn't have strings attached to it. And that can enmesh anybody, you know? So there might be a space marine who's like, I gotta get back to my chapter, my honor demands it or whatever. And they're all like, well, we can help you with that. But first, we need you to do X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that that I think that'd be really fun. I think that, I think that's I think that's a great fucking twist, to be honest. <laughs> Even more funny if it's just an orc. <laughs> an orc be like, <laughs> well, you yeah, bring me man, up for why? Got... We want you to murder someone. It's like, okay. <laughs> You get one guy who's like, no, I want to play an orc. We're all playing dark elves. I want to play an orc. And you're like, okay, fine. Well, we can we can make it happen because because uh, Kamora, and this is something that we haven't really touched on, is it's it is a, a city it's that a is brimming over with alien life. They don't have the same yeah. kind of xenophobic attitude that the the Imperials do. So um, armies that don't show up at all in the Warhammer miniatures game have representatives in the uh in the city because it's just all these races all these weird races so if you want to come up with some weird shit if you've got some alien guys that you want to have in your game and you're just dying to do that then do it you can you know it's great there'll be crew there'll be tau there'll be mm-hmm. there'll be obviously there'll be space dwarfs i mean uh what are they now called leagues of voltan um, leagues of voltan be, yeah uh, uh, slith voltan, sorry slith yeah slith are like ah oh, slith are like top of my list to see as playable character in the yes like, if i hope we that. see that lamians <laughs> you know those yeah. yeah i there's 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 cool stuff there's cool like outside the box stuff and sometimes people when they role play they're like oh i don't think everybody should be from the same the same uh starting uh race because then everything our our portfolios are too similar but it doesn't need to be that way it doesn't have to be that way with an all drakari game i think that there's plenty of uh statistical variants that you can work into the uh the character sheets and make everybody feel like they get their own thing to do you know Oh, what's the one that we've actually had a miniature for again? Why can't I think of the name? Um, oh, centaur dudes. Lizard oh, the Zotes. Zotes. Zotes are back. Zotes are totally being Kamara, like trading God knows what. Dude, that would um, be so fun to do like a whole adventure then, with the Zotes. Oh my God. Uh, again, Zote is top of my list of playable character types I want in Wrath and Glory. And then on top of that... You you can have those rogue traders from the Imperium who are just like fuck it. I've got like I've mm-hmm. got a license to go anywhere, do anything, and screw you. So you know they they make Dark and Kamara by whatever reason they've made some deal with a cabal who are like yeah these dudes are cool. You you can come with us if you're going to walk around. You might get stabbed. 
but you're allowed to come in and at least you know do stuff with us and we won't stab you immediately mm-hmm, and there mm-hmm. you go there's your there's your rogue trader and a bunch of scum from necromunda who by some reason got off world and they're like now we're in we're in somewhere right. that makes necromunda look like a freaking you know a, a freaking like holiday home uh on the coast of like the south of france um yeah yeah i think i think because there was actually a uh book from the uh fantasy flight version of the game that did have a bunch yeah. of at that point they were dark eldar it had a bunch of dark eldar material in it and that book was for rogue trader if i'm not mistaken yeah. it was uh it was an adventure where you're a rogue trader who goes into kimura and so i mean there. The possibilities of what you could do with just that, and this is why when people dog on the Wrath and Glory game, I'm always like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, because you can, we've already just brainstormed so many different, like ongoing campaigns that I think could be really rich and immersive and have a lot of different levels and kind of flavors to them, off of just the idea of Dark Eldar, you know? <laughs> yeah, and the thing we really haven't delved into, you can get into like philosophical games of where i mean this was the thing you were talking about before we got on the show about the dark muses who are like these mm. eldari uh the drakari ancestors of the you know who who originated the pain cults and witch cults and so forth you could if you really want to go with how do you have a a game about faith that involves the drakari well there you go you have rival cults that are aligned to these dark muses and it all becomes about the philosophy of pain and who's right and wrong and you're pretty much there into like you know the um into like hellraiser 2 kind of realm yeah in, yeah in head versus um uh dr dr Ch- chenard uh, chenard <laughs> yeah um but that that would be that would be super interesting because like the dark muses you know if you go through the list of things they're about like you've got uh, the lord of poisons uh, Shaimesh, who who is the treacherous brother of uh, of uh, Sawen the the cosmic serpent and then you've got uh, Vileth, who is synonymous with immense arrogance and what else. Uh, also known as a beast, yeah. Also known as beast arrow hunters. So it's like razor wings and pilots and the yeah. The, you can just pick from those, and you could also that would be. I think the dark muses would be a great way of going. What ties together these different um, archetypes? Who are like a, a cabalite warrior and a witch and a homunculi. The thing that ties them together would be they are all part of a particular church, for yeah. want of a better word. Um, you know, in uh, Vampire the Masquerade, back in the day, uh, there was a module that you could get that took place in the Dark Ages. And the module, I think, came out before the Dark Ages game did. And uh, right. uh, it, it kind of delved into some of the corniness of the uh, of the Vampire Masquerade paths of enlightenment, right? The the, <laughs> right, the, yeah. the evil, like the non-humanity paths. But what happened in this adventure was is you're chasing this vampire, you're trying to find him, and you have word that he has uh, gone to this monastery where there's all these vampires that are kind of trying to develop a vampire religion. And they're having a kind of a conclave where they're trying to sort it out, right? And um, so you go to the conclave, 
and you're like, is this guy here or not? And they're all like, oh, we don't know, but first you must interact with us, right? And people loved that adventure because regardless of how you felt about the way that the vampire religion was written, like going around to the different chambers and like getting into character and debating them about their philosophies was super fun. It was just a super fun way to spend an evening. And you could totally just take that adventure and just pour it over, you know, with yeah. these dark muses. And you could be like, oh, there's a, there's a, a temple area and... There's a homunculus who's who's in the sewers underneath it. What's he up to down there? But we've, we got to talk to each one before they will let us in there to find what he find him. You know what I'm saying? Oh god, is that the take home? Like you just pick any old vampire the masquerade scenario <laughs> and put it over to be a Drakari. God, like Jiv, what is it? Um, uh, Transylvania Chronicles is actually a really good model for that. Like literally the first the first scenario is. Uh, a patron which you pick uh sends you off on a long journey somewhere to establish an outpost that's pretty much hey you drakari who are all who i hate possibly and i need you out of my way go do this hard work of establishing a a you know an outpost ready for a raid on some other world go do it for me and then when i come to observe whether you've done the work i'll either kill you all or I'll reward you. Like that's the campaign for. Oh Dracari yeah, there. <laughs> that would be so, that'd be great. Now it's like because I know that book. That's uh, Transmedia Chronicles one, and I got yeah. that one together. I've tried to run that book like a couple of times, but it never really stuck. But I think it would actually be better. I think it would actually be more interesting. Maybe it's just because I'm kind of over vampire, but at this point, but like, uh I think it'd be more interesting and fun to run it with the Drakari and have it, you could have it be like a little node somewhere in the webway because that's one of the yeah. things that's sort of interesting about Kimura is while Kimura is itself a pocket realm, like a little kind of like a demi plan, it's made up of just infinite little demi plans that all kind of yeah. glue together, right? They're like little bubbles of material reality that are existing inside of the webway. And this causes like real problems for the denizens of these little pockets because some of them are more stable than others. And you never really know what's going on in one. Like you could have a whole adventure where it's like, Oh, we go into this other guy's demi plane and it looks very different and it behaves very differently. And then at the end of the adventure, we leave. We just go back to our baseline reality again, you know? So there's just there's just endless possibilities of, like, what it is you could do with these premises, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the other thing which really... The other, the other thing you can do with the fish out of water... Well, not quite the fish out of water, but you can also have with the Drakari. And it goes both ways. You could easily have a Drakari playable Drakari group with a Corsair amongst their number, who kind of is that almost the voice of reason, which would be interesting, because they might have a background of being a um, a craft world Eldar before they went, you know, went outcast. And likewise playing a Drakari of any of the types we've spoken about becoming a Corsair amongst mixed party. That's why Corsairs are going to be, like, really yeah. fun to play in, because that's, that's essentially your to me, that's a bit like playing Vampire the Requiem, where everyone's a member of a different uh, covenant, mm, <laughs> and they've all got a completely yeah, different opinion. On yeah, things. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. There's, 
So, I mean, are we at the point of wrapping up? Is there any last points we want to say before that you want to make before we uh, finish up? Because I think we covered a lot of stuff here. Yeah, well, I mean, I just hope people are looking at that and they are thinking of all the possibilities that they could do with that that concept. Because I know that when you're very steeped in like GW like lore and in in the periodicals and stuff that they release, we see a lot of the same images over and over again. We see like guys in gray trench coats fighting endless hordes of fucking uh uh Xenos and we see big chapel cities and you know Titans and that kind of stuff. But the Drakari thing I think it gets overlooked as being just this endless font of uh, like really, really interesting ideas that you could play with. Very different characters. Just I don't know. I think I think it could be a lot of fun. So if you like haven't looked at at Drakari for your Wrath and Glory game, I would just encourage you to give them another look. Like I mean, I, look, they're like anything. Vampires can either be super horrific and scary and sexy and dark. Or they can be corny, right? Don't just write. Don't just write your Drakari off as being corny. Like, what if they weren't? Yeah. You know, I guess that's that's my closing thought. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's a good that's a good closing statement. Um, obviously, with the, where the rulebook is currently and what's out there available, there is some you can you can basically homebrew your Drakari playable Drakari right now because. In Litanies of the Lost, there is an example which Succubus and Cabalite Warrior, so there's weapon profiles there and ideas. There's another scenario which has a Hellion as a as an antagonist. So you've got your rules there, Skyboards, basically it's flight, so you know, you can add you can ad hoc, you know, pull that together. So if you were to play this stuff today you need to put in a bit of work but you know in a few months time that's going to be dead easy because it's going to be an entire book that's literally going to be archetypes galore of Drakari. can't wait great can't wait yeah yeah <laughs> well i guess that's our next uh streamed one shot or at least at least oh a yeah <laughs> no seriously yeah let me know because i'd love to run that for you guys if you ever i were think interested. i think it definitely has to be they it is definitely um, is you know we must kill all of insert NPC's name and <laughs> kill him and all his clones all in one night. One um, night. in one night that would be great. Again with the cloning thing as well, it makes it makes reoccurring characters really annoying. You kill someone and it's just like you think they're just not that important, then they can come back. Yeah, you're just like fucking hell, yeah. I hate that guy. Why yeah. is he back? You could you could you can do the kind of thing where that you could just can't do in other games where uh, an NPC Vader grabs a PC up on some spire somewhere and like holds him out over the edge and goes, ah, fuck you. And then just throws him to his death, you know? And then you're like, okay, mark off one clone. <laughs> you know, you're back. Oh, there's that, that. There's your ammunition is also keep, how many clones have you got and keeping track of them? Mm-hmm. And, and and what what debts you owe to the Homunculus Coven because of it? Oh, that's a terrible. And I'm going to end end on this moment and, and end on this point. What happens if someone's soul gets shunted into the wrong clone or person to set you up? <clears throat> huh. 
Ooh, interesting. I love it. I love it. That's fun. Yeah. That is very fun. Uh, right, to wrap up then. Um, yeah. Drakari, they're cool. Um, they're very, very good bad guys. Or they could be very, very bad good guys, depending upon what they do. I mean, they could easily do things that benefit the Imperium, killing Chaos Warriors, like you should, or Chaos, Chaos Space Rings. That's always fun to do. Or killing Nids. Uh, they're definitely... They're definitely allies of opportunity as well, which is always fun and always more interesting to play than just like, oh, we hate you, alien Xenos scum. Uh, right. So if um, obviously, Brennan, um, what is the what's been the recent um, recent hot stuff on Realm of Fire? Uh, right now, I guess uh, Rob is super uh, taken with uh, the one page rules, Grimdark Future. And oh, yeah. uh I'm talking about uh, Middle Earth a lot, but that's our uh, twice a month or every other week uh, Games Workshop uh, podcast where we just kind of, you know what, it's just two friends talking about Games Workshop across the pond, and we get to, we get, we get to do some kind of interesting uh, uh, UK versus America uh, uh, comparisons <laughs> yeah. because uh, I mean it's it's really fun doing the podcast with him because I learn about about the UK and then I think he learns something about America because I don't know that I can be trusted to speak about it in a um, level-headed way. What's the one uh, from that from those conversations? What's the thing that you, know, you that pops out and you just think I wish we had that in our gaming communities in the US that the UK oh, has, bro, <laughs> bro. Um, let me tell you. Uh, for the last five, six, seven years, I've been doing a lot of podcasts. I've made a lot of friends over in the UK. Uh, specifically, a lot of the guys who are involved in Dungeon Punks, like shout out Mark Boardman, shout out Connor Boardman, shout out Paolo, Dave Ager, Nate Bean, shout out Rob, of course, my good friend Rob. Um, shout out to you, my friend. Uh, and I've really learned how you guys just game differently than we do. Like the way that right, you approach that. games workshop games is fundamentally different than the way that we do it over here. And the more kind of like relaxed sort of mentality towards the rules and the and the 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 way that the experience of playing the game is more important than kind of like this slavishly prescriptive kind of like adherence. I, I wish I I wish I could import that by the box. I just I right. st I stock it in my closet because man, let me tell you, dude, like it's hard to get people to color outside the lines over the here. Over here, people are like are like they're like, oh no, it says it in the book. Like uh, here's the book. Here's where here's where it says it, and you're just like, bro, can we let that? Can we let go of that just for a second? Just for a second, you know? Interesting. Um. Cool. So yeah, uh, Realm of Fire is found on uh, very on well everywhere. You can yeah, find it, it should be on all on the good ones. ITunes, yeah, and Spotify and wh wherever else you syndicate your um, your podcast to. Uh, obviously, go to the Discord. That's always in the links and everything. Uh, mm. Which is the um, thank you. Which is the I can't think of the thing right now with the Discord. <laughs> Full metal oh, RPG full, Discord, full metal RPG, is... yeah, my old show, my old show. It's the full metal RPG. The old show Discord. has a Discord which has the channel for for Realm of Fire. There, uh, is there anywhere else for Realm of Fire stuff? 
there's the we do a we do a, a LinkedIn not a link <laughs> did I just say LinkedIn LinkedIn can you LinkedIn, tell LinkedIn, can you can you tell that I'm looking for a job right now dude um uh, we do a, a, a Instagram we do an Instagram yeah. uh, that has some underscores I think like realm underscore fire and yeah. so you can you can find it pretty easily you can also follow me on uh, Instagram I'm realm of vomit. And uh, I can I can send you wherever it is that you need to go. Yeah, cool. And obviously, uh, interesting episodes that are out recently on Dark Days Radio. You can listen to uh, at the time of recording. Just out is our interview with uh, Kaldun Kiel talking about uh, the Sabat book for V Five and his Sabat Players Guide book that's on the Storyteller Vault. So um, that's all good stuff uh yeah Caldoun's a great guy and i can't wait to listen to that app yeah he's a he's he's a great guy good interview uh and then obviously anything else you can find at darker days radio instagram and twitter go to the discord go to uh facebook darker days radio and uh obviously on youtube and twitch when we get around to doing some streaming i know we forgot because everyone's busy life has got complicated hence why we've not continued the vampire the masquerade uh campaign we will be back with some sort of streamed gaming at some point but uh We'll see. It's just life is busy, and when you get paid work, uh, you know, <laughs> you go where the money is. Um, it's yeah. So you can say, if I get paid to write games, I'm going to do that more than not be paid to run games. <laughs> Seriously, seriously, it's one of those things. It is unfortunately, but you know, such as life in Tory Britain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Such as such as life where where we're dealing with with Gaskell Thracker's Macquarie in charge. Um, <laughs> that's the way I see it. Um, yeah. So again, Bryn, thanks for coming on talking about Drakari. I'm sure we will find a topic you would like to discuss, mostly in Age of Sigma. Actually, that'll be a fun one. Hell yeah, man! That sounds that. great. What you yeah, want to I'd talk about to, to do with Age of Sigma roleplay? What what faction place is fun? Because there's a lot. Age yeah. of Sigma is insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for real, for real. Brilliant. Okay, so um, everyone listening, goodbye for now, and we'll be back soon. So, bye bye. Um.